All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. the YouTube chat. Uh, but let's start two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, Mike, and talk about one of the big storylines from this weekend on the ice in the NHL. The Boston Bruins hitting the 50 win mark. Absolutely incredible. They are now at 50-10-5 on the season. 105 points. They are 27-3-3 on home ice as well. They've clinched a playoff spot as well. The first team in the NHL with an X next to their name. And you look at the forward group, it's deep and it's dangerous. You look at the blue line, I mean, they're healthy, scratching one or two NHL quality D-men every night. Linus Allmark is a lock to win the Vesna. Jeremy Swayman, one of the best backups in the NHL. Mike, what's the moniker we're giving this team? Unbeatable, juggernaut, what do you say? I would say uh, let's temper our thoughts here because you look at the historical context of a team that's been this good in the regular season and... 
it hasn't necessarily played well come Stanley Cup playoff time. Now, I also think that the Bruins have done everything they possibly could to build this club up. I love the Orlov-Hathaway deal. I love bringing in Tyler Bertuzzi. The team only got better at the trade deadline. But take a look at the other teams that went and got 50, point, 50 wins in 66 games. Okay, That was the 95-96 Red Wings who lost in the Western Conference uh, finals to the Colorado Avalanche and went on to win. And you also had the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2018-19 with 50 wins in 66 games in the modern era. And guess what happened to them? Bounced first round. So history doesn't look great for the Bruins this year, but it, what it does say, the Red Wings may have lost that series against the Colorado Avalanche, but they won the Stanley Cup the next two years. So Tyler, all we're doing here is projecting that the Bruins are going to win the Cup the next two seasons. That's all this means. It's not going to be this year. It's going to be in 2024 in 2025 what say you yeah i mean another team that jumps into my head as a guy out in edmonton remember in 0506 that last year of steve eisenman that red wings team 58 16 and 8 in the regular season they went into the playoffs red hot 8-1 and 1 bounced in round one by the eight seed edmonton oilers who went on all the way to the cup final it does not guarantee playoff success this year for the boston bruins but like i said mike it's hard to find a weakness with this roster like i just I don't yeah. see when their power play maybe isn't as good as it has been in the past, but like, that's it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I was being a little facetious there, obviously, yeah. and just trying to throw some caution to the wind because the Bruins are an absolute powerhouse, man. And they have mm -hmm. players with experience now that have done it. You look at the cup previously, Bergeron, Marshan, you had Orlov, who's a Stanley Cup winner as well. Even Tyler Bertuzzi. I had a front row ticket to watching him win a Calder Cup in the American Hockey League in 2017 with the Grand Rapids Griffins. You know why? Because I was on the Syracuse Crunch, the team that lost to him. He was the MVP of that postseason. I can't help but think that he's ready to get some playoff time in the NHL. So I, I don't see the Bruins slowing down. I don't see a weakness. It's going to take a major uh, effort yeah. from a team to knock them off in the East. Yeah, and you look at the fact they're likely locked into that top seed in the Eastern Conference, which means mm -hmm. they're going to get wild card number two. Okay, you're looking at what? The Islanders, Panthers, maybe the Capitals, maybe the Senators. Not exactly teams that have had consistent seasons by any stretch. And then if you're Boston, you're probably sitting there going, hey, we then get to take on one of Tampa or Toronto, who will probably beat the living hell out of each other in round one of the playoffs. It's a good time to be a Boston Bruins fan. The other division leader in the Eastern Conference, well, they're struggling along right now, and that's the Carolina Hurricanes shut out in back-to-back -back games by the Devils and Golden Knights, and their previous win was a one nothing victory over the Philadelphia Flyers, which means we're now closing in on nine periods where this team has one goal. We heard a lot leading into the deadline. Okay, are they after Ryan O'Reilly? Are they in on Timo Meyer? Tom Dundon told our Frank Saravalli that he wants to get aggressive. Well, they didn't exactly get aggressive. All they got was Shane Gostisbehere, and I guess Yessa Pugliarvi as well, although he isn't much of a factor. He's not going to spark your scoring. Is there reason to be concerned about the Canes from a hockey perspective? And if you were a fan of this team, Mike, would you maybe be a little bit irked that your team didn't do more at the deadline? I'm a little nervous, and yeah, I, I wish that the Canes would have taken a bigger swing at some either a rental or somebody that they could have gotten under team control into the future, and here's why. They've scored one goal in their last 94 shots in three games, and They've been against the Devils, the Golden Knights, and the Flyers. So it's a mixed bag, but look at the chances that you're generating, Tyler. Like throughout the season, the the Hurricanes always outchance teams when you look at the the just the straight up scoring chances. But when you yeah. start to pare it down towards high danger, things change, man. Like five on five in the last three games, six five, six high danger chances, eleven. 
six again last night against the Devils. Like, that's not going to cut it if you're trying to score. And on top of that, look at their scoring, okay? Brent Burns is their leading scorer since February 1st, followed by Natchez, Svechnikov, who's now hurt, by the way, Kakaniemi, and then Aho. Like, where's the star power that we've always talked about? Yes, they're missing match pads already, but they needed to get more at the deadline to really contend, if you ask me. And now... Goss despair. He's minus five in his last four games. He had a great first game against Tampa Bay. Had a goal, two assists. They've got two two defensemen out there now between Birds and Goss despair. That is a goaltender. They make you a little nervous. Great offensive players, but they make you nervous defensively. I think that that team looks a little bit different, and they did not bulk up the way those other teams in the Eastern Conference did. Yeah, like we talked about, kind of that hole down the middle, and mm-hmm. and how that was the spot that they probably should have looked. To address a little bit and you're going to roll into the playoffs now like you said with Kotkaniemi as their 2C and I know they're thrilled with what Kotkaniemi has done this year and they feel like he's taken a big step forward this year a lot of people in Carolina say that hasn't been talked about enough around the league but the point is you're going to go up against a Toronto team potentially right like you just go through the whole conference if you get Toronto in the conference finals or Tampa or Boston look at what those teams can throw out down the middle look in your own division at what the Devils have with Hughes and Heeshire down the middle what the Rangers have with how that whole top nine looks their forward group just isn't on par and then I look at a goaltending situation there where man I mean neither of those two starters can say stay healthy I know Kachetkov is a great story but there's a lot of kind of flaws with this hurricane team despite how good their record looks this year they're this good because they play so hard and they play with an identity and they come in waves but can they finish to me that's the big question mark and Freddie Anderson's been okay lately Kachetkov's been pretty good but they're still missing that score. And with Svechnikov out, man, you really see it. They're one injury away from not being able to score. That's been the last three games. Yeah. Shutout in back-to-back games. One of the goalies who pitched one of those shutouts. How about Jonathan Quick? 3-0 and in his first three games with the Vegas Golden Knights. I said when they made this deal, and I was like, oh, he's going to be pissed off and angry. I said, hey, motivation does not always lead to execution. There are plenty of motivated guys playing pro sports who just don't get the results. Their time has passed. Well, maybe Jonathan Quick is proving that a little motivation, a little fire in the belly can lead to some execution. Look at the difference in these numbers from his 31 games with LA this year to the start of his career as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. It is absolutely remarkable what he's done. Mike, he was good in the playoffs last year for the Kings as well when they pushed the Oilers to seven games. So maybe he's still got that big game capability. Do you think Quick can keep some kind of run like this going? I'm not saying he's, you know, going to have a 197, but a goals against average in the twos, a save percentage in the 910 to 920 range. Can Jonathan Quick keep that level of play up, or is this just an early kind of facade? Well, you know, Quick was good in four of the seven games against the Kings in playoffs last year. We tend to forget what happened in those other three. I was in the building for one of those when I think six or seven went in. Uh, But in any case here, like Quick has played well. He was very good against the Canes, but he didn't face a single odd band rush. And my metric was always for how a team was playing. What type of chances are you giving up? A lot of odd man rushes. That was the one thing I always worried about. He's not seen a lot of that. And our friend at The Athletic, Jesse Granger, just posted a great article about how goalie-friendly the Vegas Golden Knights are. If you look at natural stat trick, they're 24th in total chances allowed, but only 20% of those are high danger. That's the least in the NHL, just over 11 in a game. So lowest quality shot attempts by data-driven hockey. The, the two goalies on the, in the league that have faced the lowest number of those are Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill per 60. So it is a very goalie-friendly place for Jonathan Quick to play where they block a lot of shots in Vegas, and he gets to see pucks, and they tend to be from the outside. 
And Jonathan Quick tracks the puck well. He's got great reflexes. When he has time to react, when he can see the puck, he can still be a great goalie in the NHL. So is it sustainable? I, I think it showed in L.A. this season that he still struggles um, to face a lot of different situations that he hasn't been tested with yet with the Vegas Golden Knights. And he probably won't a whole lot down the stretch here, Tyler. So, you know, you may not really see Jonathan Quick get tested a whole bunch until you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs, if that's the case, because right now his numbers are almost the same as Laurent Bressois in three games, you know? So you look at the goalies that have all hopped in the cage for the Golden Knights and their numbers look pretty good. Even Yuri Patera last night, 30 for 33. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Quick has played. Quick's played pretty well. Okay, for the Golden Knights so far and against Carolina, really good. Is it sustainable? We're going to see, you know, the last five years. Don't say that that's the case. But behind that system, behind what Cassidy puts in front of him, Tyler, it's a really good fit for Jonathan Quick. Be interesting to see how that goes. And man, I think every hockey fan is rooting for somehow give us Kings Golden Knights in round one of the oh. Stanley Cup playoffs because that pump that it through my veins. Line, it would be just remarkable. Uh, there was an interesting piece up at Daily Faceoff this weekend from our colleague Scott Maxwell, who took a look at big money D-men whose contracts just don't age well. And he listed a handful of reasons why. There's, you know, teams and how they evaluate these guys. The structure around the league of D-men kind of being underpaid as RFAs. And then, boom, they all search for that big payday. He talked about injuries and also the flat cap being a big part of this as well. And, Mike, I dug up, courtesy of our friends at Cap Friendly, these are the 10 most expensive defensemen who signed their contracts as UFAs. So we left out the Makars and the Warenskis, guys who, you know, the team paid a lot, but also bought some RFA years in the deal. And you look at this list, Mike. I mean, Carlson and Doughty have kind of flipped the switch switches on their careers a little bit. Carlson, 12 months ago, would have been considered one of the worst deals in the NHL. Now he's on track to win a Norris Trophy this year. But you look below that, Seth Jones, Darnell Nurse, both looking like overpays. You look at Ekman Larson in Vancouver, terrible deal. Brent Burns had to have money retained so the Sharks could find a new home for him, although he's having a really strong year. We see John Carlson this year struggling with injuries as well. I am of the mindset, Mike, that GMs should take this and learn from it a little bit. Yes, if you have a Makar or a Wierenski, one of these young, a Charlie McAvoy, one of these young, young D-men who you go, hey, I want this guy in my organization for the next nine years. You sign them as early as you can and you pay up because it just feels like there's so many mistakes that come when you get the guy in their late 20s and you don't want him to walk for nothing as a UFA. You overcommit and then in three, four years, you're sitting there going, boy, wish we could get this contract off our books. Do you think this is a trend teams need to pay attention to or maybe just a result of the flat cap? And if that didn't happen, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. You know, I do think it's more so just the cost of doing business because Alex Petrangelo is probably looking at this list and going, hey, man, I'm I'm still good because he's been Vegas's mm -hmm. best player for me all season long. Dougie Hamilton's been excellent with New Jersey. Uh, but you do run into this where and, you know, Scott laid it really laid it out really well in the article about how injuries start to take a toll, how t ice time plays into it. And the bottom line is that unless you're producing a pile of points, you're not looked as looked at as valuable any longer. You still have to be responsible def defensively. But the players that make this big money, they're offensive defensemen, man. They're guys that pile up points. And that regresses as you age for, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Like there's always exceptions to it. Um, but when your body won't cooperate with you, when you can't stay in a lineup, when you move to a different team, find a different role, like it, it all factors. But I think really it's just 
like you said, the flat cap, it's a big part, like eight, nine million bucks is cost of doing business to get a quality D. If they're on the market and you're trying to bulk up your defense, you got to pay to get it. And that's what artificially inflates the market for. It's just like goaltenders, even though goaltenders now have been capped out at about six million bucks. Now I think we're going to see D being capped out at about eight and a half million bucks. And then if you can bury goals, hey, we'll pay you whatever. But D and goalies, mm -hmm. you're not going to get paid the same way. Yeah, I, I do think it'll be similar, right? We got Bobrovsky and Carey Price. They got these crazy, huge deals. And then teams kind of went, ooh, maybe we just want to yeah. check this down a little bit. Now you're seeing the Shesterkins and the Ottingers. I know, again, RFA years versus UFA years being a difference there. But teams are starting to maybe check down that price a little bit. A good point there on if uh, we could maybe see the same thing happen with defensemen as well. It is college UFA season for some of the teams who are out of the playoff picture. And hey, even for a few teams that are in the playoff picture looking to scoop up the next big name coming out of the NCAA, Stephen Ellis is going to drop uh, stop in here and chat with the next wave. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Stephen Ellis and the next wave, Mr. Ellis. There are college UFAs. Teams are wondering if they have a shot at signing these guys and if they're going to be any good. We'll start with the forward department. Which college UFA up front has caught your eye? Well, I'll start off by saying when it comes to college free agent signings, as we've seen in the past, you're not expecting a ton of high-end quality. A guy going out there and putting up a ton of points as a senior in the NCAA is, you know, it is what it is. But the first forward I want to talk about, or the forward I want to talk about, is Ryan McAllister, a winger out of Western Michigan. He's 21 years old. He actually just finished his first, well, he's in his freshman season, I should say. And this is a guy that was challenging Adam Fantilli for the top of the scoring race in the NCAA for much of the start of the year. And uh, going out there and putting 45 points in his first 36 games, uh, he had a big point gap 
basically over uh, a lot of the other players on his team. Like this is a guy that was just doing so much for this group. And I think it's interesting because he is a 21 year old freshman that he does have a few extra years to kind of develop. So he doesn't have to go pro right away, but he'd be interesting if he did. He went to the Leafs camp last year. He also a development camp that is he also was dominant in the in junior hockey the year ago, which is not always something you kind of see uh, guys playing much later and then going out there and being so impactful right away in the NCAA. So Ryan McAllister is a guy I'm really looking forward to do, seeing, and I think he could make an impact in the NHL, but at the same time, he's got that extra runway where if he doesn't sign, he'll be the top guy everyone's looking for next year. Yeah, and, you know, Stephen, it's really interesting to see how the market plays out once the season's over in college. Having been through it myself, you never knew who was going to leave your team, and I think that's become even more so recently um, as players have improved across NCAA hockey, and the goalie market kind of reflects that. Like, the one I'm really looking for is Devin Levi. He's a Buffalo Sabres uh, property. He's at Northeastern. We'll see what happens. But there's also a bunch of UFA goalies that could be very intriguing. Has any of them caught your eye you think could be signing here in the next week or two? There's one that I'm liking a lot, and that's uh, Victor Osman from Maine. He's a six foot four goalie, got great size, moves very well. Um, and you know, the one thing I, when watching him, he never really puts himself out of position. He's very positionally sound, and you kind of expect that from a bigger goalie. But he's athletic, um, and this is a guy that. A year ago, you know, Maine was one of the worst teams in college hockey. And this year, everything kind of changed where he really brought that team up a big step. So um, he faces a ton of shots. He's faced a lot of shots in his career. And, you know, when he was in his draft year a couple of years ago, not a lot of people were paying attention. But I feel like he's just become more consistent game to game. He um, Confidence is such an important thing for goalies. And he just looks like a guy that's playing with something to prove out there. So I think he'll be one uh, team's looking at. So we talked about goalies, we talked about forwards. What about on the blue line? Is there anyone that stands out in a meaningful way? The next Matt Gilroy, Justin Schultz? Well, that's not the highest quality uh, company to be in in that case. But I'd say the best guy that teams are really looking at this year is Jake Livingstone out of Minnesota State. Uh, teams love big defensemen. He's 6'3", he's over 200 pounds. He doesn't skate like a guy that's that big though he skates really well uh very smart with the puck he just actually had a four point night over the weekend uh so it's a someone who who's got the physicality who could play a shutdown role can play power play and the points have started to follow too so i still think he's kind of like um you know he's a, he's 23 he's kind of the guy that to me would be a pretty solid third pairing defenseman uh i feel like yeah the offense was there i feel like just you know, the size alone, I think teams are going to use him more in a shutdown physical role, but I think he'll be really good at that. So he's a, the guy that a lot of teams are going to be looking at. And uh, finally, just quickly, we're hearing some reports out of Vancouver today from a few different areas that Aiden McDonough could sign with the team now that his season is over. What can you tell us about that defensive prospect? Well, actually, I, I just posted about him uh, about five minutes ago on Daily Faceoff, and this is someone who, uh, you know, he led the Huskies in scoring with 20 goals. Uh, he was a seventh-round pick, so for him to kind of go out there and be as good as he uh, was is kind of a bit surprising. I don't think anyone saw this offensive explosion once he went to this level, but uh, going out there, scoring a ton of goals, um, it's – he. There were some questions like, you know, he had a good USHL final campaign. Was that going to transfer over? And I'd say, yeah, um, completely. So he is someone where I think Vancouver is going to like him in a bottom six role. Uh, his biggest asset is his shot. Uh, he's got a very quick release. Um, he's got the size. He doesn't necessarily use it all the time. But I, I think that's someone who, 
you can be confident in, in almost throwing in an energy role. And I know sometimes you'll get a lot of smaller guys for that, but he's got the the speed, he's got the shot, he's got the physicality. His point totals don't scream going to be a star by any means, and that's why I'm thinking he's more of a bottom six player, but you need guys like that, and I think he's a skilled enough player to, to hold his own there. There you go, Mr. Ellis. Aiden McDonough potentially jumping up to the Vancouver Canucks. It's going to be interesting to see how he can jump in to their lineup and potentially play a part of their future. Fantastic analysis. As always, you can read his stuff at dailyfaceoff.com, and we'll chat again next week, Stephen. Thanks so much. Turning things back over to our daily face-off inbox question. You can send them in on Twitter at any time, hashtag AskDFO, or you can put them in our YouTube chat on daily face-off, which is exactly what James Anderson did. And he asks, Mike, what team next season has the potential to make a big jump like the New Jersey Devils did this year? And one team, I'll just go first right off the bat, Mike. What about the Buffalo Sabres? That feels like kind of an obvious one out in the Eastern Conference. They really started to piece it together for a bit down the stretch, falling off a bit as of late, but so much young talent in that organization with more coming. They got a couple of young, exciting goalies. You mentioned Devin Levi, also Ugo Pekalukanen. It feels like a team who also has a good coach in Don Granato who has all the pieces, just need the experience. Who's your pick? Yeah, and I think you go right back to the East and look at Ottawa, especially with Chikrin now being in the fold. I think they probably still need to shore up goaltending because they only have Forsberg under contract for next season. But man, all that talent that's starting to come along, they now have at least three really, really top-end defenders to go with that forward unit with uh, with everybody there, including Giroux and Kachuk and Pinto and Norris and Debrink. I mean, just go down the list. So I think those two clubs are going to be fascinating to watch, Tyler, Ottawa and Buffalo. I'm intrigued to see it next season. Yeah, it's actually interesting when you look at the Eastern Conference, Ottawa, Buffalo, even Detroit could be in the mix for that kind of a conversation. Then you go to the West and look at the mm -hmm. teams who are out of the playoffs, and it's like Nashville, eh, Calgary, St. Louis, Vancouver, Arizona, Anaheim. Like, none of those teams seem to have very bright yeah. futures. Well, you just wait until St. Louis hits the lottery and grabs Connor Bedard. And then you see, and then Doug Armstrong swings at two of those first round picks for a big old piece. And next thing you know, St. Louis is at the top of the heap again. You never know what can happen. Yeah, that, <laughs> I, with a GM like Doug Armstrong, it would not surprise me in the least, actually, if St. Louis found a way to make some big moves and turn that thing around. Uh, speaking of turning it around, let's get into our daily bets brought to you by Points Bet Canada. And I have a couple of parlays for tonight's slate. Another quiet night, though, in the NHL with only three games on tap after what was a pretty busy Sunday. So let's dig into what I have tonight, starting with an assist parlay. I like the Leafs and I like the the Avs tonight, but it's hard to find value. Nathan McKinnon has assists in two of his last three games. Austin Matthews has an apple in three of his, his of his last five. They're both going up against opponents who have really bled goals against as of late and have not been that good keeping pucks out of their net on the year as a whole. So why not bet on McKinnon and Matthews to each pick up an apple in this one? Like I said, they've been hitting this as of late. You play them together. It's plus 195. That is juicy and I like juice. Secondly, a shot prop parlay, and I'm doing things a little bit differently than I have in the past, but I'm starting with Max Domi over one and a half. He didn't hit this in his last game, but before that, it was 12 in a row for Domi, where he had at least two shots on goal. That's all we need from him tonight. I'm taking the over on Domi and actually the under on Miko Ranton, and sometimes star players have their shot props kind of artificially boosted because of the name value. People see them and say, oh, I know that guy. He's good. Miko Rantanen has probably been Colorado's MVP this season, so his number's all the way up at three and a half. 
but he actually hasn't hit this mark in eight straight games. So again, the payout, not great at minus 180, but if you play these two together, you're getting it at nearly plus 130 on the parlay, and the trends say these are both pretty likely to happen tonight. So I like going with Rantanen's under and Domi's over parlayed together. So two parlays, both in the plus money territory, and that'll be a wrap courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. Mike, that brings us to garbage time. What do you got picked out from the weekend? Well, on Friday night, we had a goalie tilt down in the cheeser in the ECHL, mm. uh, Fort Wayne Commons versus the Wheeling Nailers, and Ryan Fanti fought Brad Barone. And it was a pretty lopsided affair. We've got some video here that I think we can run on it. And you see what happens in this. And what I can't understand is why Fort Wayne's player is going absolutely mm -hmm. bananas in the background. You got a guy, he's doing the, the whole team on Fort there Wayne here is doing the beaver tails. This fight's going on in the yeah. background here. So keep an eye on the players, but there's been something of an epidemic of goalie fights and near goalie fights in the minors lately. Remy Poirier down in Texas fought Yaroslav Askarov of the Milwaukee Admirals in the American League. Pyotr Kachetkov got tossed out of two games consecutively a couple of week weekends ago for the Chicago Wolves. And like, this is what I get. I mean, this is how rare I guess goalie fights are, but like, check out the Fort Wayne dudes like they're beaver tail and like I've never seen standing two feet away from a fight like you used to back as far away as you possibly could it's almost like they didn't know what to do Tyler you know why because this stuff doesn't really happen very often anymore so it was about as yeah. close to a three ring circus as I've seen uh in a bit of time but I just thought it was hysterical to see how Fort Wayne's players reacted to it because they were just going crazy cheering for these guys which is I mean, it, goalie fights used to happen all the time. You, they just happened. You'd get off the ice. <laughs> you didn't cheer them on as they went like this. Man, Ryan Fanti knows how to throw them, too. Those first couple oh, of jabs that he took, I don't think the, the other side there, I don't think uh, he knew what was coming. Brad Barone, uh, love it, Mike. Love a good goalie tilt. They're good for the game, at least according to some people. I would love to see maybe one more or one this year in the NHL. I know we've had a couple of close calls, like you said. Close uh, but calls. I love it, a little goalie yeah. tilt goalie tilt from the jungle uh, that's going to be a wrap on today's edition of the show show to everyone who commented along on the daily face off youtube as well as mike mckenna and steven ellis we'll be back tomorrow with frank saravalli stopping by as well so you won't want to miss it live at noon eastern enjoy your monday everybody hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.